Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I'm joined by Tim from Pocket Size Play for a game of Cold Soldier by Brett Gillen. Cold Soldier is a thrilling game about an undead warrior under the thrall of a dark master carrying out a cruel and vicious agenda while haunted by memories of a past life. It's very intense, very heavy, and very cool. A link to the game can be found in the show notes. Pocket Size Play is an actual play podcast run by members of the Gauntlet Gaming community, which focuses on small, concentrated bursts of play, averaging about a half hour an episode, which is a really interesting and unique take on the actual play podcast art form that I think is really interesting and you should absolutely check out. A link to that can also be found in the show notes. Before we get started, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank everybody who came out to the live show this past Friday. It was amazing. It was a great episode. It was a blast. I cannot wait to put on more live shows in the future. Thank you for letting me do this weird, ridiculous thing. Thank you to the Philly Podcast Festival. Thank you to Amalgam Comics. Thank you to Greg Gethard. Thanks, everybody. Just thank you. I also wanted to take a brief moment to put a content warning on this episode. It... There's no way around it. It throws dark. It throws it, it throws dark at a lot of points. Specifically, there are some self-harm references in the early going. Just be warned. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I'm joined by Tim from Pocket Size Play. Tim, welcome to Party of One. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited to play today. I'm very excited. So at the top of the show, let me ask you, um, for our listeners at home, where might they know you from? And if they don't know you, where should they know you from? Um, so I'm involved with the Gauntlet Gaming Community. Um, there are various meetup groups, but they also do uh, Hangouts Gaming online. So I run a, a little chapter of that in Portland for in-person games. And then I also do stuff on there. Online community, um, in a, uh, one of those things being recording a podcast called Pocket Sized Play that is actual play that's like kind of short, easy to digest because I really hate super long actual play. I, I feel very similarly. I, I think time constraints in actual play is great. And I think that I, I really like the way Pocket Sized Play does it. Sweet, yeah. If I mean, it's better than five hours of hearing dice rattling on a table. So that's how I feel. Is that I, <laughs> I, I like things that are digestible in the time that it takes me to go to work. Yeah, no, exactly. Constraints are good, and that's why I really, I really like Party of One too. I mean, it's the constraint of two players, games that work well for that, and it's mm-hmm. usually about a couple hours. Like that's usually like exactly an hour, ninety minutes is the sweet spot, and I feel like yeah. I feel pretty good about that. This week we were playing Cold Soldier by Brett Gillen. It is a game about The Walking Dead, but not that Walking Dead. Um, yeah, it, I'm pretty excited to play this game. Me too. It, it sounds super uplifting. I'm excited. Oh yeah, about I'm that. really excited. It's going to be a feel good episode. Get ready. <laughs> so you are going to be playing an undead being, and I am going to be playing your dark master. We have a deck of cards split in half, with a Joker mix in one of them to signal the end of the game. Um, and we will kind of go over how all of that works as we play. What we need to know dump, jumping in is that a Dark Master has recently called the has called the recently buried to serve in their army to avenge the wrongs committed against them. You are one of these beings. You shamble on, tearing apart anything in your path to achieve the tasks that they've given you, their orders tolling in your mind over and over like a bell. A soldier in their army, a skull that sees once more because of their will. But who you are still glimmers in your mind. Perhaps you can resolve the things left undone. Perhaps you can save those you loved. Perhaps a shattered fragment that you are, you can still make who you were a greater person. So we have a uh, we have a few questions to answer. Yeah. Well, we decide the Dark Master and the time, and then we kind of until we feel comfortable in the setting, as many details as we sort of need to kind of get into the feel of things. Sounds good. So let me ask you, what flavor of undead resurrection were you kind of feeling? How did you want to, how did you think that you, how are you feeling coming back from the dead? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of um, kind of a 
older timey, maybe fantasy type setting. Um, I'm I'm just a fan of necromancers. What can I say? So um, a traditionalist. I, pre- I traditionalist. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, the classics. So um, I, you know, I, I get definitely get a feel for kind of a, a powerful sorcerer, perhaps in the past. What do you think about that? I, I like that. Yeah, I feel like that's very that's very classic, and I think there's something to that. Yeah, that's very yeah, that's very that's very simple and evocative and effective. So it's like an, a sorcerer in the in the past. I yeah. I. I Visioning like a tower lab, like a alchemical laboratory type situation. I like that. Yeah, like the person. Perhaps this was a dark age where science did not reign, and so this person used whatever means necessary, such as the dark arts, um, to enact change. I mean, maybe there was even something like what we remember as as the, the Black Plague, the Black Death, um, where tons of people died and this is the person who uh tried to bring them back maybe maybe you know with good intention but ended up with an undead army and it's like well what do i do now that i have a horde of the undead following me yeah yeah i like that a lot so we're looking at like the dark ages europe maybe yeah like maybe like eastern europe so like right on like the alps the steeps that type of thing like it yeah yeah so, like, travel is difficult, and people don't really talk to the people the next town over. That's kind of what I'm picturing. Yeah, very isolationist. I like that. Yeah. So, now that we've got the setting, we decide on your character. You are dead and rotting. You will not deteriorate, because your Dark Master prevents that. You cannot speak. You, like, you have no communication to the outside world. But you still have memories. So you're going to write down, um, and I guess say out loud, I don't know that it necessarily, this is an audio medium after all. (laughs) Um, So tell me, how do you, like, what's your cause of death? Is it old age, illness, injury, suicide, or homicide? Uh, Best I can recall, it is um, unfortunately taking my life, so sorry for the downer. You also receive a weapon. You you you've come back changed as a soldier in the army of this this sorcerer. They have given you a weapon that is some way that you have emerged from the grave as a more terrible creature. What is it, and how do you fight alone in a group or in a horde? Oof, gosh, so um, I'm pretty skeletal. I've I've seen better days, um, but for whatever reason, the Dark Master still has. Um, flesh that clings onto me and this flesh carries um the very plague that wipes people out so imagine like kind that. of a yeah the the necrosis is still on me maybe it's the rotting blackened fingertips and yeah. knowingly or unknowingly i'm kind of an agent for spreading that and for that it's really suitable that i would fight alone that makes sense yeah you're kind of a plague bearer <laughs> and probably in doing so, you're round. You're gathering more bodies, growing the army in that way. Yeah, it's pretty. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm already. I'm already feeling. I'm already feeling cheerful. This is a cheerful game. <laughs> okay, so we have taken a deck of cards and split it in half. In one half of the deck, there is a Joker. In the other half, there is not. We do not know where the Joker is. We have taken placed both decks together. So. I've given you the t- we've we've decided on the task the dark master has given you. You are going to go to these towns uh sort of uh like attack people in the night, give them the plague such that the plague spreads throughout the town, the town goes silent and the dark master can come in and sort of resurrect them under his thrall. I like that. Yeah, these are the towns that the plague would not have otherwise reached because they are isolated in the mountains. And so I'm sort of uh, finishing that job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I kind of visualize this opening scene of you, of you complete, like doing this as sort of like a town that is sort of quiet and lit by torches. You, we see you enter and we see somebody dragged off into the shadows 
And then over the next several days, we see this plague spreading. And then we see the, the Dark Master sort of arrive. I think, I think he arrives under the guise of a plague doctor. Cause I think that's cool. <laughs> and that's how he like has access to these bodies that he sort of resurrects. Awesome. He's sort of playing the long game and building this army such that he can take over things. Is is the does the plague doctor guys have that weird bird like mask? Oh yeah, or some variation a doubt, of it. That, okay, because that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, yeah. So um, now we, be, we 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 continue telling this story as you arrive in the next town over. It is a few days travel. In fact, that's going to be your first obstacle. Is going to be getting he he has given you an order to go to the town of Longhaven. So the first obstacle and he merely like he's very hands off because he does not he is deeply afraid of catching what this plague himself. Mm-hmm. So he merely like points you in a direction and says march. And you do well, not have a sense of like how far you're marching or the terrain that you'll be marching. I have a sense of very little, so... <laughs> yeah, you are merely marching in a direction. So I have drawn an ace, and that will be the obstacle, which is getting to which is getting to the town of Longhaven. So I have an option to take any card and place it in my hand as I narrate a memory. Um, and I would like to do this right off the bat, because okay. Longhaven rings a bell for me. Ooh, I like that. So, the memory that I have with that town, maybe it was just hearing the name, is of a love that was unrequited. So, when I think of traveling there, I imagine it's for that embrace that I never had. And that's a very strange thing to be tickling in the back of my mind. And as soon as that memory comes, it's gone. Yeah, so you'll take this in your hand... Okay, so then that card is you. Uh, you've taken that card in your hand, which means it will come up later. So in the meantime, I'm going to draw another card to represent the obstacle of the long road to this place that you once knew. And I've drawn a king now. All right, I just got to deal with it. So I have a, a tattered cloak, um, probably to appear more like a traveler. So um, there are no words, no communication. You see. Nothing in my my soulless eyes. I just pull up that that um, hood of the cloak, and I'm gonna draw a card to try to accomplish this obstacle. So you drew an ace. So you make it to Longhaven. I don't. I don't know why I know where I'm going, how I get there. I remember following a long, winding, cold river, and at some point, there's going to be some familiar torchlight. Um, beyond the mountains you you move you move like a being possessed ironic because you are to a certain extent possessed um you you get there to find that other plague another plague doctor and his retinue of guards have already like moved into longhaven it seems that reports of this plague have managed to get here in spite of your effort, in spite of your master's efforts at secrecy. So the next obstacle is a two. <laughs> awesome. And, oh gosh, I just want to kill that plague doctor here and here and there. Um, I think that's a good be- way to go, if that's how you want to <laughs> narrate overcoming this obstacle. It's just... Yeah, but you know, you, you, you don't hear me want anything. Um, a grub that was burrowed in my skull falls out my ear, and that's the closest thing to a response that you get from me. <laughs> so um, I'm going to draw because, um, yeah, I would advance straight on that plague doctor in okay. in broad daylight. Um, so... <laughs> Three. You've succeeded. The plague doctor, the guards rush at you like they see you coming at first the plague doctor greets you with open arms and then they recognize that you are bearing this plague and you are moving in a way that no plague bearer has moved previously and you tackle the plague doctor and you 
you snuff the life out of them. The guards rush you, and you are gone before they can before they can be upon you. <laughs> nice. So my next obstacle is that now the town is on watch. The plague doctor is dead, but I'm gonna say uninfected. The town is struck by fear. The guards are hunting for you, but they don't know where you might be found. So, how? what is your next... So, the next obstacle is going to be, how do you... How do you, or who do you target next as someone to infect with this plague to spread it throughout the town? The, the obstacle is a seven. Awesome. Um, I think I'm hiding in the trees for some reason. Um, maybe... Maybe that's something I would have done as a child, but I wouldn't know that. Um, and I would hear the cries of children, and I think the next place I would go is to advance upon a nursery or school of sorts. Okay. Um, I, I would, ex- you know, probably less resistance there. So, sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm imagining... Um, a, a squat, humble building. Um, it'd probably have to be during the daytime if it were a school. And so, you know, in the daylight that you can see, there's, uh, you can see through my skull, through the cracks in it, that sunlight filtering, and I'm creeping along windows, uh, possessed to enter this school. And let's see how that goes. You sneak in. And you are confronted by a groundskeeper. <laughs> he, like, he has a hoe in his hand, and he, he, he saw you, like, he saw you because he has eyes all over this, like, school ground. He's like, I will not let you in. I know who you are, and I know what you're capable And by the time he's finished, like, giving his heroic monologue, your hand is at his throat, and his eyes are, like, boiling with this plague that is filling his veins. And, and the plague, the plague has been seeded. By the people, people don't really pay attention to this groundskeeper. So people don't notice that, that they're, that, like, people and the children and the teachers and people are showing symptoms of this plague until it is until it is be- in the beginning stages of like spreading. I'm so glad I can't feel remorse because boy howdy. <laughs> yeah, right? This is heavy. So okay, so the plague has begun to spread. The next obstacle is and this is a choice. There's going to be one of two obstacles. Do you target another to for, to accelerate it, or do you lay, or are you laying low, hoping things will take their course? The obstacle, either way, is a ten. Okay, um, I I am compelled to take that passive route of waiting and seeing. Perhaps there's something I'm looking for, and I'm actually going to take that ten as a memory. Okay, so I'm going to take that and. Um, narrate this so yeah so tell me this memory that with the as since you're taking this card yeah so the memory is this well um usually wells are in the center of town this is a little further toward where that river bend was um near where i entered and i remember sitting there with somebody long haven unrequited Someone I sat there once and we dropped mementos into that well. Um, so I'm taken by that memory. It disappears as quickly as it came. And then that's that. Okay. Then I draw a new obstacle. The obstacle is now a six. All right. I can, I shouldn't be out here in public. Um, I'm, I'm going to find some shadows. So let me. Try to beat that. Okay. So you have played a four. This is not high enough to beat the six. You have two options. You can accept the failure. You can be seen by the town guard. Or if you can think of a way to use your weapon, you may draw again and add the two results together. 
So it wouldn't help me escape notice, but I could use the weapon of my rotting flesh to drop that into the water supply as I leave. (laughs) Would that be um, a suitable way of using my weapon? I'm going to say no, but that's a nice, nice next, like that'd be a nice next step once you evade capture, like, so not this next obstacle, but the next one. You know what I mean? Cool, cool. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So yeah, so, I'm not going to use my weapon to evade okay. any better. So uh, so you failed this challenge, so now you are caught. Uh, you are at this well. You are cornered. You are cornered by like sev- by uh, a pair of armed guards. They are not the guards that were brought by the plague doctor, who were far more mercenary looking and far more intimidating. These are townsfolk that have taken arms. So, if you picture, for some reason, I'm picturing like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, but in fantasy garb <laughs> with a pitchfork. <laughs> so it's like Shaggy. And we'll say that Shaggy from the, uh, from, um, whatever the cartoon was with the car that also looked like Shaggy. So it's just two <laughs> Shaggies. But there's, there's no attack dogs. There's no scoobs around. No, there's right? no scoobs. There's no, um, there's no talking cars. It's just these two dudes like, hey, hey, you're that guy that, <laughs> um, hey, you're that guy that killed the doctor. And they've got their weapons pointed at you. And the obstacle value is a 10. Oh, gosh. And and also a note, since I failed that last task, um, if I have a card in my hand, I have to discard one of them, oh. which means I, I lose one of those memory cards. So one of your memories slips away. Yes, and and those are crucial for the end game. So it it sucks to fail. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the ten. So so I've stolen. Uh, yeah. So you, so you're discarding that ten. I think as you're standing at this well, you 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 feel that moment, and it becomes twisted. Like that memory you had of that that for that um, that uh that memory you had of that love and that well is suddenly these two people have intruded upon it. And it sort of like crumbles around you. Something burns in my eyes, even though there's nothing there. Like there's a flame, yeah. no sockets. And my fingers of both hands are outstretched. And they're going for these throats. Like into the mouth to the throat. Right. So let's see how that goes. Ha. All right. You've drawn the king. You have successfully, you take down these two guards with ease, with a fire that you didn't even know, that your, like, semi-sentient mind didn't even know you had in you. You take them both down. You actually toss both of their bodies into the well, going back to your previous suggestion. So their infected, (laughs) their entire infected bodies are just floating at the bottom of this well. So you've, you've managed to accomplish, like, both, so, like, you you hide out on the outskirts of town near this well. Near this well, you seem you you feel almost unable to to go too stray too far, even though that memory has drifted into nothingness. But you manage to lay low. The plague doctor, your master, the dark sorcerer, arrives. He makes a big display of it, like he's a conquering hero. But upon his arrival. He is immediately warned that someone attacked a plague doctor already. Those mercenaries, those mercenaries are quick to go to his side to provide aid. He reluctantly accepts them. I don't like that. He issues sort of a like like a necromantic command to you that you feel inside of your head, even though he is nowhere nearby, to meet him, to meet him like in his lab in the bottom of this inn, like the basement of this inn, the storm cellar. By nightfall. So the next obstacle is getting, is sneaking to him through town to get to this inn. You know where the inn is, but you know that there's going to be people around, especially now that there are these mercenaries and these adventurers. The obstacle is a queen. Good God. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm going to take that as a memory. Um, (laughs) Right. Uh, it's 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 nightfall. It's it's um, close to that hour, and so the lights are bright inside the inn. 
um, from where I'm viewing it, there's there's no no easy entry point. There's just too many people, too many guards. Um, except there is a back entrance where I see a younger a younger person and um, kind of a, a sturdier, larger person carrying some large sacks um, in and out, and I smell something, something cooking. Um, it's this kitchen door, and I remember a dish that uh, my mother made, um, something of boiled parsnips, um, you know, le- left in the oven for nearly a day or so until they're just delicious mush. And I remember what it's like to taste something, to, to share a meal with someone, and that's my okay. memory. Yeah, okay. So the new obstacle is a five. Oh, yeah, I'm taking you down. I'm, I'm, I'm bum-rushing that uh, entrance toward yeah. the, the, yeah, the you kitchen. Are. Oh, you very much are. Yeah. <laughs> so you've drawn an eight, so you overcome it with ease, you burst through the door. There is... What there is is, fortuitously enough, there's no one around, but there is, like, a pot slow boiling. They're, pre- they're prepping a stew for tomorrow, like, for tomorrow's dinner. So they've loaded up the ingredients, and they're just letting it, like, slow cook for a day. So you burst in, cons- like, you burst in feeling these hungers that you've, that, that, as far as you can tell, you've never felt before. Or maybe you have, you're not even sure anymore. You burst in, you find this pot, you, like, reach in it, it burns, it burns that little bit of flesh on your hands, you knock it over. Steaming, smoldering water, like, stew goes everywhere. You meet, you meet your master in the basement. He thanks you for removing that other plague doctor from the scenario, but he also bring, also tells you, we need to prove that I am of a greater um, cut than that previous doctor. I need you to attack me in broad daylight and not, like, and not kill me such that I can banish you with my magic. And thus you can continue your operation in wow. secret and not seem a hero. <laughs> that is such a great, complicated, covert order to give someone who can only... You know, I, like follow the most basic of commands. I, I love how horribly yeah, right. That could go like wrong. this is this is not a plan to give a zombie, <laughs> but here we are. So he tells you tomorrow you will attack me. You will not kill me as I am your master, but you will attack me. And the next obstacle, however, is as he is relaying this really super complicated plan. And he's not explaining it in a simple way. Like, he's telling you all of these other tangents and political concerns that go into it. It's kind of a mess of a plan. (laughs) And you kind of understand why this guy doesn't just raise an army of normal people. But as he's talking, he stops, and he's like, The thing is, they must see me as... Do you smell something? Well, I guess you wouldn't smell anything, but do do I smell something? Do I smell... Do I smell smoke? I smell smoke. Why do I smell smoke? And that's when he hears the calamity upstairs. The the inn is on fire. Yeah, I I, I was pretty sloppy upstairs. So the obstacle to get you and your master out of the inn safely is a seven. Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm always concerned with the most direct method to getting out, and I almost feel like because I'm a creature of the earth, I would kind of tear at the walls um if even if there's dirt beyond it since we're and in the basement that i would almost in in a futile attempt kind of burrow out um i think that's perfect yeah 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 it's 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 dark i don't think it would go well but i'm i'm ripping apart um the the wooden boards of the wall and you know trying to find the dirt behind it so i draw queen yeah you are you are successful you tear through the boards and there is dirt underneath but you feel it on your fingertips it is soft dirt which you are familiar with like this feels natural to you this sort of soft almost grave dirt Mm -hmm. that you are able to dig your way out of it with ease and your master sort of 
weakly shuffles behind you, um, like, kind of, yeah, like, weakly, almost, like, dog-pedaling in the dirt, like, like crawls out, and he's coughing up <laughs> dirt, but the two of you are behind the inn, away from the crowds, and he bids you away, and he goes to rejoin the, like, inn folk, who are a little bit confused as to why he is so dirty but they are happy that their beloved Plague Doctor has survived. I love the idea of, I just want to appear normal and blend in, and we, like, emerge from an open ditch, you know, yeah. out of the earth. Yeah, it's like, I've got to seem, I've got to fit in. I rise from the ground. It's perfect. There's, like, an earthworm, you know, like, on, on, his, on his shoulder, and there's clods of dirt falling. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he doesn't look, I, I really want to emphasize that he doesn't, that, again, he does not look composed or heroic doing he's like flailing and gagging all like dirt's getting in his mouth he just looks like yeah. a wreck the more we play this game the less cool this sorcerer seems and the more that i love it <laughs> they were really just a, a right time right place sorcerer yeah. you know i think that's a lot yeah. of it <laughs> so the next obstacle is sure enough the next day he has organized this um this surveying sort of thing that he's going to sort of diagnose things and confirm that the plague proper is here. This is when he has instructed you to attack. So the off awesome. is it kind of is it like an open, uh, like an open commons area or what kind of space? Yeah, he's kind of sir. He's kind of walking down the main road. I'm picturing like a one road town. Longhaven is not large. Yeah. It is one of these hamlets that's just like buried days away, and it's only got the one road. Maybe a few farms that are attached to it, but... So he's walking down this main road, and people are bringing their sick to him, and he's kind of, like, checking on them without touching them, sort of thing. Awesome. So to it, so to execute this plan successfully, such that the guards do not get involved, such that you do not actually attack him, all of those complications that could come up, the obstacle to avoid them is a nine. What would my method be here? Um, I imagine I'm keeping low, and as he's passing these farms, there's the odd overturned wheelbarrow. There's probably some some cattle and whatnot. And I kind of like the idea that I am hunkered maybe um, beneath a cattle, kind of in the dung and the mud. And my plan would be to basically crab walk scuttle down and, and give him a bite on the leg. Um, th that doesn't sound very fatal, yeah. right? Like, legs are removed all no. the time. Amputations are the norm. Well, and he's probably got, like, he's probably got, like, extra padding on his extremities. So that, like, worst case scenario, he can amputate, but more than likely you're going to get a mouthful of hay. Yeah. <laughs> and he should be okay. I think that's so this good. This is the, the old crab walk bite strategy. So, um... I don't make it though. I don't think I got an eight. You can, um, you can use your weapon. Ooh. If you want to, if you want to perhaps use the plague in some way. Oh yeah, no, cause that gives me the chance to, to either fail, fail better or succeed worse. Um, I, I imagine that I'm just not coordinated enough to make that, to make that bite. And I would of course involve the, the necrosis of my rotting flesh, maybe on those fingertips, maybe actual chunks of flesh that I can try to mash into a exposed ankle as he passes. So hopefully no one's paying too much attention to what's going on on the ground, but I, I totally want to get my, my, my bubonic self all, all into attacking here. Um, okay. So yeah. I draw another card. Yeah. You succeed. <laughs> Oh, but but you, did I succeed though? Because that sounds kind of rough. <laughs> um. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna say we you you drew an mm. ace, which draws, which perfectly matches the nine. And since I think that we're on the exact same page of what's about to happen, I'm gonna call it a partial success yeah. and say that you succeed. He banishes you, but you absolutely bit him or scratched him a little bit too hard. And now he has begun, as over the next several days, even though he has been greeted as this hero that banished this undead horror, he's beginning to sow signs of infection. So he's beginning to 
get paranoid and get afraid of him him dying before his plans can be executed. Right, right. So he has given you orders to do whatever it takes to raise to like take down. He's he's ordered you now now to because he needs he needs beyond just plague body like zombies he needs warriors. So he has ordered you your next obstacle is taking down these guardsmen that are like surrounding him. Okay, I can do that. Um, that obstacle is a five. Cool. Um, how how many of these of these guards are there roughly? We'll say four. We'll say it's a classic four-person Dungeons and Dragons adventure. <laughs> um, and is this is this like a, a closed area? Like, are they outside this, the the end building? Or are they inside? I think right. I think you can decide when you want to attack them, but they are in. They are spending a lot of time inside the inn or around the inn, like mucking about town. Yeah. Um, Oh, I so when do you when do you attack these these people? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would want to attack when they are perhaps drinking and enjoying themselves. If there's such a moment um, inside this inn where there's a, th- a thick layer of soot on everything, and they probably still haven't quite cleaned up <laughs> since the fire, so um, I like the idea that whenever the four of them are inside um finding enough um pleasure in a drink to be able to to laugh about the situation that that's when i would just fall from the rafters onto them okay that's perfect yeah super smart (laughs) hmm that's a two that is a two two. (laughs) um which goes along with the plan of just dropping on them from the ceiling yeah Um, and I do want to use my weapon, um, like before, but I, I want to kind of amp that up a little bit. Um, what I would want to do is there's rotting flesh on me, probably not very much. And I would just be taking whatever is left, whatever's still hanging on the bones and flailing that at them. This is not a tactical maneuver at all. This is a wild kind of feral move here. So, okay, yeah, I'm acknowledging that I am a bonier creature as a result of this, so that you know maybe that weapon's less successful later. But let's try one right. more card with ease. You, they, they fight you off, but in as you're like flailing around, like they chase you off, but they definitely like one of them is splattered with blood and. Sure enough, that's really all it takes is that one because eventually the other the, he'll get in a fight with someone and they'll playfully fight each other and that blood will spread around a little bit. <laughs> and sure enough, these warriors are they're infected with the plague and the the sorcerer um he uses the plague and he uses his dark magic to like put them under his thrall in a way that is different than the other than like the pure zombies mm-hmm. these are more like these are a little bit more aware and he's using them as sort of his own bodyguards now he is he he has said to you now that uh, now that i have my guard it is time to take this town and not just raise it in the way that we've done before it is time that you take the 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 town uh lord take the 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 lord of the small town consume him <laughs> Don't just infect him, consume him, such that I may install myself as the the ruler of this town. And that's a five. That yeah. sounds like a that sounds like a that sounds like a five. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so this is just the obstacle of consuming his body. <laughs> yeah, you sneak in pretty easily. He, a lot of the the town guards are already infected, so he is like. Son is just scrambling and trying to keep his head down and do his business. So you're in his, like, chamber. Yeah. And there's a desk full of papers as he is writing out summons to other plague doctors. Yeah. And to, like, other town guards to be like, please send people our way. <laughs> desperate, desperate man hiding in his manor. Um, yeah, I, I want to bust through the door, um... 
I'm imagining my my movements are even less human-like than before, that I, I periodically am on all fours and then sort of shambling about on, on limbs. I'm just a skeletal mess at this point. And I want to kind of slam him against the wall and um, open my jaw. So let's see how that goes. You consume him with ease. You drew a nine. He is slain. Perfect. <laughs> Thank over you. the next several days, um, over the next several days, people are, like the town is in disarray. The, the the Lord is dead. No one knows what is going on. The plague doctor steps up as a voice of reason, albeit a shaky one, albeit a. No one can tell under his mask and his cloak how pale he is mm-hmm. and how blackened his fingertips have become. Mm-hmm. But he, he offers himself up as a voice of reason and he promises to guide everyone like out of the shadows. <laughs> Lovely. In the next, um, so for a while, it's all good. You stay on the outskirts of town, attacking people, just enough people to keep the plague growing and keep the zombies coming in. But and but you you play it low enough that it can seem like the the new lord of this town is doing his job. Lovely. Then a monster hunter comes to town. Whew! I don't like that. Uh, a well armored, handsome McDude with a whip <laughs> uh, of the clan Elmont. <laughs> legally distinct comes in having heard tales of this undead horror and he is going to slay it so the obstacle is facing off against this monster hunter oh i love that suddenly it's everything is platform style now i see him yeah. wh- whipping candelabras and finding chicken in the walls um, yeah <laughs> the sorcerer is pissed because he's like i hid that chicken there for a reason <laughs> So this monster hunter is a four. Okay. So. Um, and and is this um, is this just trying? So I'm I'm thinking maybe we're still on the edge of town since that's where I've been. So it's a forested region. Um, and the obstacle is it is it taking him down? Is it uh, you know kind of re- I don't know removing his weapons or or infecting him or um, what along those lines? We will say this is this is going to be a multi-part thing. I think that's going to be cool. Right, right. So this is going to be cornering him. This is going to be catching him when he's not being showered with accolades. Nice. <laughs> well, I would want to attack from the woods if possible, where vermin would live, where the bats would fly at night, where I could hope to uh, catch a human off guard. Let's try that. All right. Yeah, you were successful. Um, as much as he is enjoying living the high life, he is honest in his words, and he is looking for you. So he goes into the woods with the intent of being caught, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows that you're coming for him, and he's come out here to, to be like, let's do this. So you you've like you're facing off against him. He is swinging his whip around. He is slashing at branches, and knives are coming out. And he's throwing the knives in a very palabra, uh in a very like palabric arc. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, this guy so, is a threat. So this is going to be for disarming him, and then if successful, the next one will be for killing him. The obstacle for this one is a seven. Awesome. I want to pick up one of those large branches that he probably um, dismembered from a tree while he was whipping around. I want to wield that coming closer to him because I expect for him to whip at that and for me to um, use my inhuman strength to like pull that whip away from his hands. That's my hope as I'm drawing in closer. Okay. And you drew a four. It doesn't go too well. <laughs> do you want to use your weapon or do you want to accept the failure? Uh, you know, I think I done screwed up here. 
I don't think my weapon's too too useful, so yeah, I fail. Okay, I'm going to steal one of your cards then. Ah, such a good one. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> you have lost your ace. You are looking in the face of this monster hunter, and you see the face of your of your love, and it shifts into the face of this this man that has come to kill you. And he shatters that branch that you're holding. And I'm going to say that because of that failure, the next obstacle is not killing him, but getting away safely. Oh, yeah. No, I want to run. So, yeah, give me that obstacle. This obstacle is a 10. Ah, man, how do I get away from him? So, yeah, I'm more and more kind of beast-like as I go, like less human at all. No flesh on my body, and I'm shambling about on all fours. And like a scared dog almost, I'm bounding over shrubs and branches just trying to get out. All right, you drew a 10. So we'll call that a success or a partial success, since it's what we called the last tie. Mm-hmm. So we'll say you, we'll say you get away. You scramble, you are gone into the shadows. He is unable to, in the sort of, like, finely crafted armor that he's wearing, he's sort of unable to chase you through the underbrush. Mm-hmm. But the partial comes from the fact that he is not done yet. Like, he's still in town. He is still... He has claimed that he has, like, chased you off but that he know but he knows you're still out there you haven't convinced him that you're gone mm-hmm. so now he has put out a call more of these adventurers are on their way there's a pirate that's coming there's a guy that's name is that's there's alucard which is dracula backwards and it's crazy <laughs> there's coming and like all of these people are coming from all of these different places and the sorcerer is furious. He does not want this. Mm-hmm. These these people coming together risk undermining his authority. So he wants you to do something that will frighten the townsfolk that he can sort of pin on them. Oh, yeah. Um, I have an idea for that. The woods aren't safe for me anymore. I, I found that out. So... There has to be a mass grave somewhere where, like, the bodies are carted off after they die of natural or unnatural causes. And I like the idea that I've been waiting there under the corpses. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. And so the way I'd like to uh, strike terror into some hearts to um, maybe make these heroes turn tail is to actually wear the flesh or the clothes of a village person who's on top of me and shamble out into public as that recently deceased. I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's great. (laughs) Um, Really screw with everyone. And I actually want to use that card as a memory because this person that I happen to select uh, triggers something in me. Uh, This person is actually the sister of that lover that I remember. Oh, no. I have this memory of being invited to their house where um, she and the lover lived and making that boiled parsnip stew. I remember the look on her face. Um, it wasn't a good look. It was a horrible look. Uh, I did not do a good job. You have to boil them for at least 12 hours, and I barely pushed eight. But I remember that face as I put it on and shamble out of the ditch. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. So the new obstacle is an eight. As you shamble out and you terrify the townsfolk. <laughs> uh, see how that goes, and... That's the Joker. <laughs> okay. the next, so we put that aside. So... The next game, next, next, scene, next scene is the end game. 
So go yeah. ahead and draw again. <laughs> oh, man. But Jack, you are successful. The townsfolk are terrified. They are running in every direction. The sorcerer, the mayor, your master is pointing at the adventurers and saying, saying they have brought, they have, they have been given dark magic. How do we even know that they are not conjuring these beings themselves? <laughs> oh, man. And sure enough, the townsfolk have turned on them. They all leave town in shame. Elmont has to choose between going up a set of stairs and down a set of stairs. It's so hard sometimes. <laughs> it's like you want to go up, but you end up going down. It's the, yeah, the it's, controllers. Yeah. It's just, it's not the most precise thing. Yeah. So this is now endgame. Um, let's see. When the Joker comes up, it is the last scene. Based on your memories, one of the following is at stake. Whether a thing you cherished will be placed beyond harm whether a regret will be made right or whether unfinished business will be completed. Yeah. Um, you want me to run through those four memories again for, um, for everyone's sake? Yeah. Yeah, please. Cool. So unrequited love in Longhaven, dropping mementos into a well, making boiled parsnip soup with my mother and making, um, and my sister's face, uh, making her that, boiled parsnip stew. And um, I really feel like the lover should be here in town when I show up wearing um, his sister's um, sister's skin. Um, that's a little dark, but it's the one way... Um, I think that's exactly what it is, because I think that perfectly fits into whether a thing you cherish will be placed beyond harm. Mm-hmm. And I think it works really well if what did uh let me um if 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 they if your lover I'm trying to think exactly how to put where where in harm's way I want to put them um yeah it's a little bit the role of a innocent bystander um so the lover um we can call them. Joffrey the Baker, something yeah, very Joffrey the 14th Baker. Yeah. century sounding like, I like that. that. And so as there's talk of this plague doctor who can like maybe heal or protect the town, Joffrey is foolish enough to kind of walk toward his sister and, and try to um, reassure her, stroke her hair one last time. As if that would do anything. And so the harm right. might be me attacking. I mean, I don't know who this is. Um, or uh, infecting him. Or, of course, our sorcerer um, bringing, bringing everyone down at this moment. What do you think? I think that's exactly what happens. And I think that knowing... I think that the sorcerer, like... I think Joffrey steps forward and, like, goes to stroke your cheek, and you see just over his shoulder the sorcerer give you a real meaningful look. So you have, and, like, it's a look that you know means, means, like, do not let this person live. So you have yeah, to decide between the totally. master's orders or this per, or this man that you once loved. Beautiful. I love it. So now how this will work is you will draw up to five cards. So you'll draw, I believe, three cards as you have three car two cards in your hand. You'll mm -hmm. draw them into your hand, and I will draw five cards from my deck into my hand. Okay, so I'm going to draw one, two, three, and take these into my hand. So I should have my five cards now. Yes. Okay. Now that we've both drawn five cards, we um, take we put together a poker hand. Whoever has the better poker hand gets what was at stake. Okay, king, queen, ace, six, five. I don't think that's anything. High card, ace. Yeah. What about I have a you? pair of threes. <laughs> I did not think I was going to win with a pair of threes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> It accurately represents the futility it does. of us all. It does. I think 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna break your heart. I'm gonna break all of the listeners' hearts right now as I describe this. Please do. I think what happens is Joffrey like puts his hand to your cheek, and um your uh your cloak falls back, and I think something that has gone unnoticed as you've like scrambled around, no matter how crazy you've gone, perhaps. Yeah, I know what it is. There's a scar on your cheek that, like, is in the bone as you got, like, a broken bone when you were younger. So there's the smallest, like, scar on the bone of your cheek. And I think Joffrey, like, goes to brush his sister's hair, or, like, brush her cheek, knocks the knocks the hood back, and sees the sees the scar on your cheek, and it's just taken, and it's just speechless. And he looks back, and he looks at you, and he looks at the townsfolk, and he says, "Just do it." And we 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 fade to black. Yeah, I think we hear the scream as it fades to black. Like. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to see it, but um, I think it yeah. it cuts to black at just do it. Cut to black, and that's cold. So and that's cold soldier. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much for running that. That was um, thank you for suggesting it. That was really intense. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it puts a lot of responsibility on the GM because you have this player who cannot narrate their thoughts or their feelings or even like too much of their actions. And so, um, yeah, you're really having to fill in a lot there, but this was great. This was very, uh, it was very evocative. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought that was spectacular. And I, the ending was heartbreaking and I didn't want to do it even though I knew I had to. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that Um, was great. Yeah. And there was just the smallest amount of strategy there too. Like I was trying to take, um, the high cards for memories, but, um, like it has to be suitable for the situation. And so you can't always do that. And one of the rules in the book, um, is that if that Joker is pulled and I don't have any cards in my hand, like I don't have any memories I'm still holding on to, I uh, instantly die on the spot. Yeah, I, I actually just read that rule, and I was like, wow, that would have been an interesting way to go. Yeah, you like have to get these memories, and you have to make them count, but you have these fictional constraints. It's just enough strategy with a deck of cards that it feels like a game and not just a thought experiment, but Hey, it's also a really good thought experiment too. Oh, super, super good. Tim, thank you so much for coming on party of one. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeff. I had a great time. Um, where can people find you online? So they can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash pocket size play and check us out along with the rest of the gauntlet gaming community at gauntlet hyphen RPG. Dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks so much to Tim for coming on to the show. Be sure to check out Pocket Size Play. I think it's a really great show. I think there's really engaging gameplay. They play really some interesting games. And it's an easy show to get into because the episodes are fairly short and condensed. Uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes. You can also follow them on Twitter at Pocket Size Play. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast, and if you love the show, consider telling a friend. Social media shoutouts, iTunes reviews, and word of mouth recommendations help me do cool things like live shows that help me grow the show and do all sorts of great things, and they really mean a lot to me. This week there are two episodes of All My Fantasy Children for you to check out. The first one we create Wizard. That's W-I-Z-Z-A-R-D-D, a jester who thinks he's a wizard. And Johnny Orko, an outer space half-orc who's just graduated from Orc Academy and doesn't quite know what he's going to do with his life. And thanks to Traveler, he does a lot of things. <laughs> Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jeff Stormer. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. Until next time, party people. Thanks for listening, and party on. Never gonna die.